talk about why Christians should love. All of you are masked in this room because of this transferable, transmittable virus called COVID. And one of the main reasons, even though you are vaccinated, I pray, is because you are trying to limit your exposure to those who perhaps are not vaccinated. And the mask protects you from exposure. And even when you are around exposure, the mask prevents you from becoming infected. Could it be that one of the problems with the Lord's church is we have been exposed to his love but we have yet to be infected by it. You are exposed to John chapter 3, verse number 16. But yet you have not been infected by it. You have been exposed to, we have passed from Death to life because we love the brethren. But you have yet to be infected by it. Exposure is one thing. To be infected by it is something else. I can be exposed to the virus. But if I am masked up properly distance, it's a good chance I won't be infected. Is the Lord's church guilty of being ex exposed to his love in your life every day? For you have yet to be infected by it. Some of the warning signs of COVID, some, some people are symptomatic and some people are asymptomatic. Some people have... Uh, symptoms such as cough and fever and runny nose and no taste and etc. And yet there are some who are asymptomatic. They they have absolutely no no symptoms at all. They are infected, but they have no they have no symptoms. How do we know that you have been infected with the Lord's love? 
One of the main symptoms you've been infected with God's love is that you are able to love people who don't love you. And you are able to tolerate the foolishness when you really want to cuss them out. One of the symptoms that we know that you've been infected with God's love is, is when you don't mind helping people and don't need to tell folk that you've helped people. That you use your infectious love to serve those who live in life's margin, those who are without. And not use that opportunity as a photo op for social media or to call this one and that one and tell them who you fed, who you helped, who you, who you served. Let me ask you a question today. Are, are you infected? One of the, one of the reasons symptoms of infection is is when you're able to forgive people who won't forgive you. Forgiveness is a big sign of infection. <laughs> in, in John, 1 John chapter 4, We discover that Christians should have the innate ability to love. That the love of Christ is not an option when you are a Christian. It's amazing that when you read 1 John chapter 4, Signs of God's love is not how much you give. How well you can quote. How well you can teach or preach. Here is the litmus test of if you are infected with 1 John chapter 4, verse number 19. How do you treat people? How do you love people? And I will be the first to admit, don't let anyone lie to you and tell you that loving people is easy. Because just like you aren't easy to love, <laughs> loving people can be somewhat difficult as well. But John says, we have the ability to do this not based upon our own strength and our own flesh. We can only do this because Christ lives and dwells inside of us. There are some feats you can accomplish in your own strength, in your own flesh. It is only enabled by the power of that thing that Paul called 
dunamis. What the Hebrews called the ruah. Spirit of God, the spiral one, one who one who dwells. What John calls the wind in John chapter number three. It blows where it wants to. The spirit of God makes you say okay when you have much more to say. The spirit of God makes you say God bless you. When you have so much more to say. Because guess what? You understand that the litmus test of my Christianity is based upon how I interact with people. And Jesus said it like this. Love those who misuse you. Because before you shout on this text, loving people who love you back ain't hard to do. It is when you are in a position that you understand that there is but an audience of one and God is watching. Lest I bore you too long, let me drop this off in your lap and bid you good morning. Number one, We love because he first loved us. That's, that's, that, that's simple. Verse number 19, that, that's where we are. We love because he first loved us. You, you don't love people because you love, just love people. No, no one has a human nature that, that, that is just loving by nature. Because number one, by nature, Human beings are selfish. They are self-serving. It is only because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ found in the gospel and John chapter 3, verse number 16, that we have the ability to love each other. None of us have the, the ability. And most of us who say we love each other are lying. Because guess what? Agape love is what most people don't have. Now, we say we have it. But when it comes down to it. Do you really have it? Well, pastor, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a member of the Lord's church. I, I read the Bible and I, I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Do you really have it? Because agape love is sitting around when one slaps you on the cheek. Give him the other one. Agape love is I love you without condition and before you shout about that 
and say you have that? Most of our agape love has yet to even be tested. Because again, agape means to love without condition. And most times, folk love you based upon conditions they set for you. And when you color outside the line, You ever wonder how people can stop loving? It's almost like my mother, every time I talk to her, she says to me, William Anthony, I saw so-and-so, and and the first thing they asked me was, uh, is your son still preaching? My my, my response is, I, I, I didn't know I had a choice. If I've been called, I have no choice but to preach. If I am a Christian, I have no choice but to love. And that love comes through process, growth, and maturity. It don't happen overnight. It is a process. And let me tell you something, church. If you can't measure your growth, you ain't a Christian. You should be able to look back over your life and say, what bothers me this year, I pray won't bother me next year. And what ticked me off two years ago runs off my back like water right now because maturity, Christianity, and growth and love is a process. And before you say you have that, that's what that's what the that's what they would say in the Kojic church, huh, John, or the Baptist church. I got the love of Jesus. I got the love of Jesus down in my heart. You can't make me down. I know too much about it. I got the love of Jesus. In my heart. Until you slap me. Until you curse me. Until you steal from me. You see we have love. But our love has until conditions. But ain't you glad. God knows you. For who you really are. And he ain't got no conditions. On his love for you. Don't don't look at me quite behind your mask. God know you ain't no good. And he still loves you. God know you are messy, low down. God knows you are some timing and moody. And he still loves you. He looked beyond my faults. And he supplies my every need. Don't, Don't tell me you have the love of Jesus. Show me. Uh, pardon my, pardon my uh, worldly vernacular, Pastor Ball. But as they would say in the streets, uh, don't don't talk about it, be about it. But we don't have this ability on our own, because back in Genesis three, we discover that humanity has been selfish, disobedient, and passing the buck. 
It's always somebody else's fault. That, that's humanity. Humanity is disobedient. You can have everything in this garden, but don't touch that tree. And ain't it something you're always on which they ain't supposed to have? And then Lucifer comes along. Sees Eve, entices her. And then she entices Adam. And Adam and Eve are disobedient. Mm -hmm. And then one day God's voice comes through the garden, calling Adam's name. Adam, where are you? I'm hiding, Lord. Why? I'm naked. Who, who told you you were naked? Oh, oh. God, God, God I, 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 I know what you said. But that woman you gave me. Because I was, I was happy alone. But you said I shouldn't be alone. You, you put me to sleep. You gave her to me. And now she got me in trouble. You see, we've we, we been lying. Passing the buck. For our uh, idiosyncrasies and our sins and our mishaps, etc. And yet... One man messed up with the tree. And this other fellow, the second Adam, secured our salvation by hanging on a tree. And Jesus says, let me show you how much I love. I love so much and so without condition." Until they whipped me, they beat me, they falsely accused me. And yet when I hung up there, I said, Father, forgive them. They have no clue what they're doing. Let, let me show you how much I love minus condition. Peter, bless his heart. He, he told me, uh, they may forsake you. But never me. I, I'll go all the way. Peter, he was, he was so, so kind. He, he even cut off a man's ear on my behalf. And, but I told him before the cock will crow three times, you will deny me. And yet, when I got up, I said, tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee, can't you shout today because there is an and before your name. I know you messed up, but tell Mark Ball and William Jordan to meet me at the church. Oh, he loves us without, without condition. Yes, he does. We, we, we ought to love because he first loved us. But secondly, church, when you read 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, uh, Christians should love uh, because uh, he commands us to. I know, I know you've grown, and I know you can't be told nothing. And I know you dance by the beat of your own drum. But there are some things that Jesus commands us to do. And this is his commandment. We should believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ 
and love one another just as he commanded. It is a command that I do what Jesus says do. Now you do know for you military people, uh, when you are disobedient to your commanding officer, usually you are punished and if you continue to do so, you are court-martialed and you are dishonorably discharged because you don't follow the commands of your commanding officer. How is it that God is our commanding officer? He is in charge of the wind, of our bodily functions, and this world. And we blatantly, with Bibles in our hands, disobey what he says. And we make excuses for it. Reverend Pastor, you don't know what she said. You don't know what he did. You don't know what they did to me. And no, I don't. But I know what Jesus said. See how quiet. Y'all come back next Sunday. We're going to shout next Sunday here. I promise you. Y'all come back because y'all y'all was, when I was singing, y'all was with me. But y'all, this, this, see, see, this the kind of preaching that, that don't make you, try to make you responsible. Yeah, this is the stuff perhaps you won't shout, but maybe you'll live a little bit better. But he commands us, love ye one another as I have loved you. Now, dear heart, um, no one will tell you this but me, probably. And this goes for me, too. You aren't as uh, easy to love as you think you are. <laughs> and neither am I. Um, Nikki and I will be married 25 years next March if we live. And I don't know how she's done it. Laugh all you want to laugh. I, I don't know how she's put up with me for 25 years. A total of 29 total. I don't, I don't know how she's done it. She clearly walks with the Lord. Um, now, y'all trying to laugh at me, but if, if I could ask your spouse in private, they'd say the same thing about you probably. They, they can't say amen because they sit beside you. So just, just look forward. And <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? Self-examination makes you understand that you aren't as good as you think you are. You aren't as kind as people say you are. Because guess what? There is a public you. But there's also a private you. And sometimes the public you and the private you are two different people. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all trying to act brand new. Um, you know, well, I got time. I ain't got nowhere to go. Uh, you know, you know the couples who, who, who publicly love each other, 
and privately hate each other. Jesus says, I publicly love you, but I also privately love you. And most people love you based upon what they don't know about you. But God loves you in spite of what he knows about you. And we are to express that same love. And let me ask you a question. Why do you put pressure on people to dot every I and cross every T when you don't? I thought mercy beget mercy. And grace beget grace. Because love, when you sow love, you reap love. And one of the things about loving is you love, watch this, you ain't going to like this, you love people where they are. And not where you desire them to be. Because guess what? Like, you had to grow in grace. They also have to grow in grace. And when you got saved, you weren't super saint. You had to grow and mature and develop into who you are now. And yet Paul said that the problem is we got some folk who should be on meat. But they are still on milk. It's a command. You ever thought about that? I've said this before, but it, it kind of goes here, so I'll say it again. Lee Arthur Kazee, Bethany Church, Los Angeles, California, preached with me when I was in Portland, Texas, and Dr. Kazee preached a sermon, some things I wish Christ wouldn't have said. Because, you see, this, this disciple and discipleship stuff is hard. Now, for, for, for you who walk on water, bless you. But for regular folk like me, this discipleship stuff is hard. It's hard. But Jesus says, so was Calvary. Before you make excuses about who you can't love and who you can't forgive, Jesus says, so was Calvary. Yeah. If anyone should have called down legions to destroy humanity, it would have been Jesus. But he, watch this, he let them whip him for us. He let them beat him for us. He let them put nails in his hands, spikes in his feet for us. He allowed them to hang him before heaven and earth for us. And you can't say good morning. He let them slap him and strip him naked and beat him until they could no longer Recognize his facial features. But you can't say I'm sorry. You want to go to bed mad. And then when someone dies that you're mad at. Now you want to 
read a poem at a funeral to a dead person. And tell them how sorry you are. And you want to put notes and bears and poems in the casket. No, you might want to love folk while you can. You might want to enjoy family and friends and say I'm sorry and forgive while you can. Because when death shows up, your point will fall on deaf ears. Mama, I'm sorry. Well, you had years of telling you were sorry. Why tell her when she can't hear it? Honey, please forgive me. I didn't mean it. Because death has a way of waking people up. And what bothers me about death is this. And love. We don't fully appreciate folk until they're dead. And then when someone dies, they're in his own slot of social media tributes and paragraphs and pictures as if dead folk can log on Facebook and read what you got to say. How about this? How about you love them when they're still here? How about you appreciate them and, 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 and enjoy them before they die? Give me my flowers while I can smell the beauty that they, that they bring. It is a command. Well, you look bored. Verse number 12, and I'll be out your way. Christians should love because he dwells in us. Number 12, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, watch this, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. Now I'm reading from uh, the New Revised Version which some say is closer to the Greek and Hebrew language. He says, if we love one another, God lives in us. Which is to suggest if we don't love one another, that God doesn't live in us. Could, could we be guilty of going on the Maury Povich show and getting a DNA test to see who really is your daddy? My only son struggles with his identity at 22 because I'm the preacher, I'm the pastor, and my son is a spitting image of me. 
And Mark, one day we were together, he, and, and someone said to him, boy, you, you are your father, and he'll never die until you do. And my son said, man, I get tired of hearing how much I look like you. And I said, be thankful because your mama's other boyfriend before me was ugly. <laughs> so God did you a great favor. <laughs> I said, lift your hand and tell him thank you. I was being funny, but I'm also being serious. That you can look at Jeff and say, that's William Jordan's boy. Let me ask you a question. Can people look at you and say, that's God's child? Without you saying, I'm a Christian. Without you saying, I'm a member of a church. Without you having a Bible in your hand. Can folk in the world look at you and say, that's God's child. I see something in you. How you walk, how you talk, how you treat people. But guess what? God got to be in you to do that. God has, my son looks like me. And, that's, and, I, and I think, Mark, I'm done. Because when Nikki was pregnant with Jeff, we had a big old argument, big old blowout. Young, immature, she was hormonal, and we had a big old fight. And I put my hand on her belly, and I say, I know you can't stand me, but the baby you carrying ain't going to be just like me. And, uh, Lo and behold, I was a prophet. He looks like me, but he also acts like me in some ways. And he said to me one day, I challenged him on something. And he said, you do know I act like you, right? And I had no response for that. And I just said, God bless you. I'm praying for you. You know why? Because I saw something in him that said me. When God looks at you, does he see anything in you That makes him know that you act just like him. You ain't got to tell folk how long you've been a member of a church. You, you ain't got to quote John 3.16 for folk to know you saved. You, you ain't got to give folk your church denominational resume. To impress church folk with how, how you teach, you give, you serve, you this. No, just love people. Just, just treat people right. Just, just, just walk with God. And when you walk with God, somebody going to say, you've been with Jesus.
Well, that's the sermon. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. 